The next day I went to school. I was a math specialist for a public middle and high school and and the principal told me to go home so I didn't scare the kids. <laughs> that is unbelievable. That is horrendous. Right. Before we dive in, a warning. The content of this podcast may not be appropriate for some young listeners. This is real life, and that means that sometimes it can be a little bit graphic. So listen on at your own peril. As a veterinarian, dog behaviorist, best-selling author, and trainer, over the past decade, I've had an obsession with transforming the behavior of dogs understanding their brains and creating practical strategies that you can implement easily at home. I know all too well when the dream you imagined when you first got your dog is far from your daily reality. In fact, out of the blue, a few months ago, my little dog Gorse was bitten by a dog 20 times her size. And suddenly our life of stress-free walks, a calm and cuddly household and being teammates was replaced with reactivity, anxiety and worrying about what's around the next corner. I'm Dr. Tom, this is the Help My Dog podcast, and this is me documenting that journey of transformation, sharing my knowledge and experience with you and having a few laughs along the way. All right, guys, so welcome to this episode of the Help My Dog podcast. It's going to be a good one. Um, and in terms of what we've been up to this week, it's been a bit of a mad week in the, uh, in the Mitchell household. Gorse continues to go from strength to strength to the point where she is um, actively and confidently really engaging with the other dogs in the house, which one thing that sometimes you don't notice until, until something's different right and we didn't notice but as we've started to grow her confidence and as her brains just started to go ah oh, yeah and we've noticed that actually she stopped really playing with the bigger dogs so she was only really engaging and playing with thistle and while she didn't she was absolutely fine with the other dogs she wasn't actively instigating play um, and so we saw it first with casino um who's a uh, she's um, our Merle Border Collie. Um, and then we started to see it a little bit with Bet, which is just so funny because Bet's like, I don't understand what, what this play thing is. I don't really value other dogs, but I'll have a go. Um, and now uh, we've seen her do it with the uh, with the, the Poodle Clan as well. So uh, we've seen her play with uh, Magma and Lava and they love to play. And so it's really great to see kind of the two sides of it. We're seeing Gorse being daring and you know confident to engage and then we're seeing the it's so beautiful how the other dogs then actually adapt their their you know behavior accordingly where it's so they're much kind of more gentle with her and um, so it's just been it's just been a great week um so that i would say has been the win of the week it's been busy because it's been really busy um in terms of uh, behavior consults and the behavior clinic has just been absolutely crazy so many of you have um, emailed and being like where is the behavior clinic the behavior clinic's everywhere so uh, we do behavior consults all over the world we work completely remotely by zoom and um, that's the whole team and so we, you know, this week alone, we've had uh, behavior consults in Australia, we've had behavior consults in the US, obviously loads in the UK, because that's where we tend to hang out. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just been, just been a really wild week. Now, one thing that I, I, I want to talk to you about today, you know, I, I try and kind of tackle a different like science concept, behavior concept every episode, um, or, or a particular like 
practical strategy so that you know your knowledge builds up over time and you can see how these things relate to your dog. And the thing that I, I think would be really valuable to dive into today is, and it's so specific, it's so, Gorse is such a great example of it, is how your dog moves influences how they feel, okay? So what I mean by that, how your dog moves influences how they feel. If, you know, your dog's got a body, I'm, I'm drawing on the whiteboard for those of you listening, and the body kind of looks like, oh my goodness, this isn't actually bad. Okay, it's just got bad. Oh my word, it's just got really bad. Um, it's just got really bad. <laughs> oh dear, Madeline's laughing, which must mean it's bad. Um, so this is a dog, I've just drawn a dog, and you know, every dog, believe it or not, has a brain, okay? And the, the way your dog moves influences how they feel. And the interesting thing is it's the same for us humans as well. So I'm gonna do a little exercise with you and it's so valuable. People find this really useful to kind of get your head around. What I want you to do is I want you to adopt the body position as if you are really sad. Now, right now, you're listening to the Help My Dog podcast, so you're not sad, you're overjoyed, you're elated, right? Um, and so now what I want you to do is adopt the body position of someone who's quite sad. Yeah, imagine like someone who's, I don't know, struggling with depression or just general malaise, right? And so we drop our shoulders, we change our breathing, and we're talking kind of in a low, quiet, slow way, doesn't come naturally, and you're just generally making yourself smaller, yeah? You're occupying less space, and your arms are down at your side, you're not, you know, as you speak, you're not moving. <clears throat> and if you stay like that for a couple of minutes, in fact, I already feel it, if you stay like that, you start to feel lower energy. Like even now I'm talking to you and I'm talking in a very different way to how I was before we did that, right? And so if we then just like shake it off, get it out, get that, get that malaise away. Um, and instead we imagine, you know, kind of a confident position, a, a position where you're really like excited about sharing and you're excited about, I don't know, let's say you're talking about your favorite subject. Let's say you're talking about dog behavior. And so your chest is open, you're projecting your voice, you're moving your arms in line with how you're speaking and you feel very different again. And it's true of our dogs as well that sometimes your dog will move in a really disempowering way. And effectively what happens is the movement signals to the brain how it might be feeling a in a disempowering way. And certainly, you know, after Gorse was bitten by the dog that was 20 times her size, she had considerable discomfort that we did our best to to, to manage with, with, with pain relief. Um, but it meant that she was holding herself in a different way. She was hunched. She was kind of moving in a slow way. She was kind of like quite guarded, right? And so that meant that it was quite difficult when her body was moving in that way for her brain to feel joyful, confident, optimistic. And yet now that she's all kind of um, healed and feeling a lot better, we can start to say to the body, hey, 
body start to signal to this brain that it's time to be joyful, it's time to be confident, it's time to feel great, okay? And you can actively teach your dog to do this. So in environments where maybe they'd normally not be confident, perfect example is the vet waiting room or the, the vet consulting room, you can say, hey, power up, right? Let's do a power pose. <laughs> Stand like Superman or Superwoman. I think, I don't know, I don't know any other superheroes. Um, and in turn, you get a different emotion. The way you move impacts how you feel. So we're gonna talk a little bit about power poses. And power poses is any movement that your dog does that you see the, you see the power go up. You see the confidence go up. You see them be more optimistic. You know, have you ever seen it where, does your dog do this? Like some of our dogs do it more than others. And um, where it almost looks like they're laughing. Yeah, they're like, they're doing like a smile and they're like, I just, did a, I just did a cool thing, yeah? Those behaviors, movements, tricks, games where your dog's like, I just did a cool thing. Um, I'm sure that's gonna become like a video clip at some point, I already regret doing it. Um, that's what we want to grow. And we want to put those on cue. So we want to be able to call that out. We want to be able to say, hey, remember, we're powering up, not powering down. And so examples that, that might be good to, to, to teach Gorse, and we're, we're actively gonna teach Gorse these over the next week, and you can have a go with these at home, is a spin. So teaching your dog to spin left or spin right, okay? Um, and you know, we'll put a video up on, um, on, on our social media channels so that you can check out how to do that, so that you can go out into the world and tell your dog to feel great. Um, the other exercise that can be really good is teaching your dog to put their front paws on an object. So it's like, kind of like a vending machine, little book or a little block or a little box, something that you can carry around with you. And they're gonna put their paws on the object. You're gonna feed them, tell them they're the best dog in the world, throw a piece of food away, pick the object up, put it down again. And they're like, oh yeah, I'm like, I'm gladiator, right? Um, and you, can, you, can, you see this change in them. So that can be a really good one. Um, another one that can be really good is um, one called middle, okay? And that's where your dog comes around your, one of your legs and stands in middle with you, okay? We'll make sure that that's on um, social media as well um, so that you can see how to, um, how to teach your dog that. And now, really important, notice all of those involve movement, okay? So it tends to be that fluid flowing movement makes your dog feel better. And yet you think about what your dog often does in states of being, being worried or scared or frustrated or whatever else, they either freeze and they go into rigid stillness, they explode, so they're barking and lunging and you see this explosive activity on the end of the lead, or they go really still and almost passive, yeah? And they internalize. So we've got freezing, we've got exploding, or we've got stillness and internalizing. Those three ways of moving are really disempowering. They make them more pessimistic, they make them worry more, they make them more anxious. And what we now can do when we've taught our dogs these different, you know, effectively tricks, but actually they're way more powerful than that because they say to the brain, hey, brain power up, be confident, be optimistic, be cool, be calm, be collected. You switch one off and you switch the other on purely by the fact that Little gorse can't freeze and do a left spin at the same time, right? The left spin negates the freezing. She can't explode and lunge 
and do a left spin at the same time, right? Because the, the left spin is a fluid flowing movement. And, and so what you get to do is you get to basically say to them, body, speak to brain, speak to brain in an empowering way. And this is the challenge is that often dogs get stuck in a vicious cycle whereby they feel emotions, they feel fear, they feel worry, they feel anxiety, they feel frustration. They then decide based on that emotion how to move, freeze, explode, go passive and squirmy. Um, and in turn, what happens? They feel worse and they feel more scared, more frustrated, more anxious, more worried. And what happens then? They move in an even more disempowering way. And the only way to break that cycle is to get them out of the situation. But then when you get them out of that situation, what do you do? Get them to do a power pose right? That is going to reset their brain and get them actively moving in a more positive direction. Does that make sense, guys? So a few takeaways that we want you to take from that. First takeaway is movement is king. So when in doubt, get your dog moving, right? They're reacting on the end of the lead, just get them moving, preferably in a direction away from the thing that they're reacting to. Um, if they're still squirmy, freezing, get them moving. Sight hounds are a great example of that. They go still, and then you know that if they're in stillness long enough, what happens next? The sight hound tremble, right? And all of a sudden, like their legs are knocking together. And it's just that they've been in stillness so long that they've convinced themselves there's something to worry about. <laughs> um, so, and then the, the other takeaway that we want you to, to take is actively teach your dog power poses, joyful things that you know you can put on cue, whether that be a verbal cue or a visual cue um, that just get them moving. If you don't have those and you need to quickly find a power pose, just get your dog following food in your hand and get them doing a left spin or a right spin or just moving around. That in itself is going to help. Now, notice how I was really efficient with the teaching there because I know you're not here for the teaching. I know you're not here to learn stuff or find out how to transform your dog's behavior. You're here to find out how bad it is for everybody else. <laughs> You're here for the it could be worse uh, section of the podcast. So this is the part of the podcast where we share your embarrassing stories where you just feel like, oh my goodness, I can't believe this is happening right now. My dog is working against me. And um, we share them with everyone. One, so that everybody realizes it doesn't just happen to them. Two, because there'll be someone having a bad day right now and they with their dog and they'll listen to this podcast and they'll hear one of these stories and they'll think it could be worse and actually it's quite funny. And three, so that we can celebrate dogs doing naughty things a little bit, right? We don't want robotic dogs. The reason why we have a dog is to bring uncertainty and fun and excitement to our lives. But then we kind of get shamed by other people throughout the dog owning and we kind of feel like we've suddenly got to have this robotic dog, which really doesn't align with the reason why we got a dog in the first place. We got a dog to have a teammate, a relationship. And what we're saying is that you can have both a really well-behaved dog and a really fun dog where you have an amazing relationship with them both at the same time, right? So let's dive in. This is also the, the Torture Tom component of the podcast because Madeline chooses these and I don't see them before I read them out. And last episode, I almost died. So, um, right, here we go. You asked for stories. Well, when Sally was about six months old, we went out for her evening business before bedtime. She saw a black cat before I did and took off, not caring she was on lead. 
I face planted in the gravel. No, my glasses were broken. My face was bloody. This is awful. And my face was bloody. And she was sitting there staring at me like, what's your problem? The next day I went to school. I was a math specialist for a public middle and high school. And, and the principal told me to go home so I didn't scare the kids. <laughs> that is unbelievable. That is horrendous. Right. Oh, I, I, I feel for you, but you're safe here. You don't scare us, right? Um, okay. Hi, Tom. Um, reference your funny dog stories post. I had a client who was male who didn't bring great rewards with him to class. Cucumber springs to mind. Oh, gosh. Yeah, no, I... Yeah. <laughs> so I gave him some of my favorite chopped up sausage treats which I referred to as magical. Anyway, we were training in a group. Oh no, I see where this is going. We were training in a group and his dog wasn't as focused as they could, they could be. So I called out to him, time to take out your magic sausage. <laughs> well, there was an awkward pause, a few sniggers, then none of us could control ourselves after that. It became a running joke, poor man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Everybody needs a magical sausage. Right, 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 right. Let's do this one. Dog story. My lovely German shepherd reacts quite dramatically to other dogs if I'm too close. There is a woods we enjoy walking at, but the entrance can be busy. So I choose my moment to exit him from the car and whiz him through the danger zone to a nice wide path where we have more space and he can settle, which I'm sure we can all relate to. We've had to do that at times in our life, right? I check the coast is clear, go, go, go. And one wet day, I got out of the car, checked for approaching dogs, saw two black labs and their owners way off down the hill. I'm getting the giggles before it's even happened. Um, way off down the hill and thought, great, I'll go now. Zip him around the corner, then we'll mooch away while the labs come up. Only the entrance was very muddy and slippy. I fell, I fell flat on my face when Wilfred went for a sniff and I, oh my word, I couldn't get up. I kind of, <laughs> I kind of sledged along behind him, clinging to his lead. Then the labs and owners appeared, started to come to help. I am like King Canute in the mud, arm raised in a stop sign calling, calling, go back. <laughs> <laughs> While Wilfred takes the extra drama as a sign to express his feelings fully, barking and lunging like a beast possessed. They, they backed away looking concerned, I'm not surprised. <laughs> They backed away looking concerned. And fortunately, one of Wilfred's lunges spun <laughs> one of Wilfred's lunges spun me towards a patch of grass. A patch of grass where I could get a foothold and get up. Wilfred calmed as they backed off, and I woes from the mud, so undefeated. We continued our walk. Good for you! Me trying to look nonchalant, as if everyone who has a dog should walk covered head to toe in mud. Wilfred looking just slightly embarrassed to be seen with me. That, I think, is the best one that we have had. That deserves a prize. Can we organise a prize? Oh, that, that is uh, just the thought of you spinning 
towards a patch of grass. And I, I, I just imagine, like, you're, spinning, you're, you're in the mode, you're spinning towards the patch of grass. Um, despite the fact that you're spinning in the mud, you look with hope that you might spin towards the patch of grass and be able to get out. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Right. <laughs> awesome. Right. If you've got a story that can top that, or even is just 10% of that, I mean, that, that is next level. Um, email cringe at helpmy.dog. Um, so that's C-R-I-N-G-E. Um, at helpmy.dog, and then um, Madeline takes great pleasure in cackling from the kitchen um, constantly as, as they come in, and um, and you might get picked to anonymously be on the podcast. Um, and the irony is, is I'm not sure if the names have already been changed when you send them. So. I change them and then I have the moment of being like, what if I by some chance change them to the original name, right? <laughs> um, awesome. Right, guys, so can't even remember what we were talking about, to be honest. That story is just, oh, power poses, yeah. So power poses, what is your homework? What would be, what would be a game changer to work on? I think the, the more you can get your dog I guess there's two layers to this. And I think the, the two layers often don't talk about enough in relation to really reshaping a dog's brain and moving them forward and to, to the dream that you imagined when you got them. First of all, the more of the day where your dog's movement is fluid, flowing, and joyful as compared to explosive and still and freezing still, the more they will move in a fluid flowing, joyful way. And the more their brain will actually move in a more optimistic direction is how you can think about it. And so what you could do is keep a bit of a diary where you can actually almost um, give like rough indicators of, okay, they barked out the window a fair bit today. So that was explosive. The balance is tipping more towards explosive. What could I do tomorrow to get them moving in a, a fluid flowing way, just like that amazing owner did as she headed towards the grass. Um, and, and then the second thing is more specifically, develop these little power poses like the spin, like the, um, the, the two paws up, like the middle, where you can then start to put these more into the day generally to tip the balance more towards fluid flowing joy for your dog, but also you can use them in situations either to keep the joy and keep them feeling powerful, or because what they just did on the end of that lead right? Like Wilfred, that definitely wasn't powerful. Yeah, his owner definitely wasn't powerful. I mean, I guess you could do a power pose in the mud, but probably the best thing to do, which it sounds like you did, is you got out of there by spinning towards the patch of grass and then get out of there and actually do some power poses with Wilfred and probably, you know, do some power poses yourself, which might just involve, you know, washing yourself down a little bit. And um, to move back to that, you know, optimistic, positive, confident space, right? Does that make sense, guys? This is one of the most 
powerful things that you can, you, you can learn to take back control in situations where you sometimes feel like you're the victim of the situation. Imagine if you did that enough with your dog where, you know, when they had a meltdown, you then created distance, did the power poses, made them feel powerful. Imagine how the brain would start to fast forward that process. The brain would start to go, ah, yeah, you know, it, we, we, um, we have horses and that we do exactly the same when it comes to our horses. They have, you know, a, the, they get spooked by a plastic bag or something on a walk. It's always something really mundane and benign. It, what was that? Yeah, a line on, yeah, oh my goodness, Mason, my horse, a line on a road, it's like it's the end of the world for him. And you see, and he's, he's very like dramatic and he'll be like, oh, oh, he goes like this with his father, ah, I'm, I'm going to do it, dad. <laughs> and then he's over. And then he like runs away from it. Like, oh, now it's going to eat me. Um, and so, you, especially when, you know, you're, you're riding a horse, it's like, actually, let's do, let's do a power pose. Let's do something that's going to make you feel a little bit more powerful. Because Mason forgets he's like 700 kilos and he thinks he's, you know, a big baby, which he is. Um, exactly the same with your dog. So hopefully you learned something. If not, I, I shed a tear for, for that story. That was, that was brilliant. I feel like that just needs to feature on every podcast because that will make my day even on a, even on a tough day. Um, go forth, implement your homework. That's what I'm going to be working on with Gorse this week. I'll let you know how we, um, how, we get on, um, how we get on in the next episode. That was this episode of the Help My Dog podcast. Um, make sure to subscribe. Make sure to share it. Leave us a review. You get entered into a, uh, a prize draw to win a behavior consult with the Behave Vet team. And that's anywhere in the world. We do all consults remotely, so it doesn't matter. Um, and um, yeah, send us your cringe stories as well. Cringe at helpmy.dog. Or if you've got a suggestion for what you'd love to hear in the next podcast, send it to cringe, okay? That's what I'm going to start calling Madeline in between episodes. <laughs> call, you, call you cringe. Um, have an amazing day, guys. We'll see you in the next episode.